Hello there. been feasting lately i think i can say feasting because the people say eating yeah the kids say feasting i think sure okay (laughs) um yeah so in bravo world there's a huge vanderpump rules thing afoot (laughs) funny i use that word here's why (laughs) so on this tweet there's a picture of a girl's face very pretty girl beauty pageant model type girl um and then right next to her there's a close-up of a foot in a bowl of spaghetti oh (laughs) here's the caption i mean bravo exploded pump rules has been trending on twitter for like 24 hours how do you explain to a non-pump watcher that raquel hooked up with the ex-husband and current nine-year boyfriend of two different women who sold pictures of their own feet so that she could get her nose fixed for the second time god that's a lot that's a lot in one tweet. I know. What are non-pump watcher? What is it called? What's the word? Non-pump watcher. People who don't watch Vanderpump Rules. Oh, okay. Got it. I've never called it pump or pump rules. I was going to say, are you pump watchers? The pe- or is that what the fandom of Vanderpump Rules is called? I guess. I don't know. I, I would say like Bravo-holic is probably more apt. Got it. Got it. Okay. But yeah, so this dude has been cheating with this girl who made out or hooked up or tried to with like five other people all during the same time period after she broke up with this other dude who was dating this girl who was dating the guy that she's now banging. It's a hot mess. It's a disaster. Everyone's loving it. Everyone's jumping on the bandwagon. Everyone in the Bravo world named Tom is toxic except for the top chef guy. Hmm. Okay. Yeah, that's a lot. I don't know any. I don't know any of those words, but I'm ha- happy for you? Question mark. In the, oh yeah. In, okay, got it. I'm I'm, I'm feasting on this. Mm-hmm. It's like I I couldn't even sleep last night. I normally try to turn my phone off by nine thirty, and I was on my phone until eleven thirty at night. It's serving drama, and you guys are eating right up. I love it. Yeah, I. I oh. <laughs> You see the joy on my face. Well, I have like... to, no. I see it, and it's it's great because March is just like it's been really great for TV already, and it's only March fourth. That's not a segue. I'm just trying to say like it's been there's like so much fucking good TV happening right now this month. I mean, you know, you and I know because oh, yeah. we're here for Yellow Jackets on March twenty sixth. March twenty fourth. Fourth. March twenty fourth. You guys. Uh, yeah, and then Succession's coming back for the I last season. I saw that. You Part 2, that's coming back. Yes. Uh, Perry Mason is getting a second season on HBO that starts on uh, Monday, I think. I didn't know that that was even a show. Interesting. Oh, it's got the guy from The Americans, the dad. I really liked it a lot. I like that era it's set in, like the 20s Hollywood Unlike Penny Dreadful, City of Angels, it is good. Yeah, I, I don't think I ever even really gave that show a chance. I was just like, listen, Penny Dreadful was so good. Those first three seasons are so good, especially the first season's just fantastic. But I had absolutely no interest in watching that bullshit when they're like, we're going to go to America. I'm like, that is not what I'm watching this show for. Even season three of Penny Dreadful when they were in America, I was like, I don't like this as much. <laughs> 
Yeah, I that show deserves a rewatch from me. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I mean, when Natalie Dormer can't even save your show, like... You sorry. know your shit sucks, yeah, <laughs> if she's... <laughs> uh, oh, well, whoopsies. <laughs> whoopsies, indeed. God, I love TV. There's more stuff coming out this month, too. Like, I swear. Like, The Mandalorian already came out. That's mostly why it's exciting for me, because we got that back. I can't wait to talk about that. I know. Oh, I love it so much. You know what else I love so much? What do you love so much? <laughs> Force Toast, a Star Wars happy hour. Today is Saturday, March 4th, and we're on episode 95. 95. How about that? So weird. I'm Alice. I'm Laura. Welcome. Boom. Huzzah. Um, first up, happy hour. What are we drinking? Well, I got a little cocky because I made a really, really good cocktail last night. Uh-huh. She said cock. <laughs> cock, get it? Um, And I was like, oh, you know what? I'm just going to wing it today and it's going to be great. It's not. It's not. Oh. I, this is this is a little bit gross. I made this tea yesterday for like, because I was going to make a mocktail with like this uh, blood orange tea and and honey and what else did it? Oh, I had like grapefruit pulp because I had already juiced a grapefruit, so I had pulp, and so I just stuck that in there and sort of let it infuse all day. Good times. Uh, a little piece of dried mango that I was like, I don't want to eat this because it's gross and all dry, so I threw that in. It was a beautiful little infusion, Alice, if you will. And I was excited to make a mocktail that I forgot about it, so I was like, I'm gonna make a cocktail out of it today. It's fucking disgusting, but it's not fucking disgusting because of my little tea infusion. It's gross because I put pieces in it like if you've ever had like a pisco sour it's like just another kind of like liquor kind of like tequila and it's fucking so gross i I put like too much of it in here so i'm gonna be just sipping this very slowly for the next however long we talk and i hope that you are drinking something better tasting than this what do you have today i have um I haven't had this in a while, but it is Bev Glitz canned wine. It is a sparkling white, and it has zero sugar. Oh, is it a sparkly can? It is. Love that. I love that. I thought Isn't it, it might be. Yeah, it's very pretty. It's called Bev. Okay. Did, did yep. somebody famous make that? Sponsor it? Hawk it? I don't know. No, I saw it in the grocery store, and I've had it before. My friend was doing keto. She had a whole bunch of these. Okay. Um. And they were pretty good. And it still got, like, a lot of times lower sugar wine has, like, no alcohol in it. But this stuff's 11.9%. Sweet. Get it. Love Mm -hmm. that. Yum. So that's happy hour. Love it. Delightful. Mm -hmm. Housekeeping. Oh, I skipped right on past it. Let's go back. Housekeeping. Scroll up, Laura. Um, I So I was on Geek Buddies for the Bad Batch episode 10 to talk about that. And then starting this past week, John Roca and I are going to start doing weekly reviews for The Mandalorian on The Jedi Way. He's going to be doing them with Geek mm-hmm. Buddies too. He and I are going to do them for Jedi Way. And yeah, that's the plan for now. Cool. Stay tuned for more. Um, I don't know how, what the rest of the issue is with the, or what the rest of the deal is with Bad Batch with them. So that's their business. Fair enough. Yeah. We're going to talk about both. I can't wait. Can't wait for Mando. Bad Batch. Yeah. I, I, I only have pay attention when I watch it. So we'll see what I remember. Mm-hmm. Um, Caravan of Colhagstown. I don't think we have any. No. Nope, Did we nope. have any? I don't think we caught any. No. Cool. 
All right. Wait, hold on. I do Uh-oh. have I do have a carry a carry random correction. I keep forgetting to put it in this th- put this in the thing. I can't remember when we talked about the excerpt that came out for Jedi Battle Scars, but his master or whatever, that chick mm-hmm. who I thought her name was Siri, because remember we were talking about Siri, who like the statue on the Board of Trade building here. Yeah. Uh, it's Seer. Her name is pronounced oh. Seer, and I didn't realize mm-hmm. that until I started listening to the audiobook. The advanced audiobook we got for Battle Scars. We'll talk a little bit about that. But yeah, that's my bad. Like, what in the what in what world does that look like? It's pronounced Seer. Should be Siri. No. That's come on. Yeah. If it were C E E R, then I would say Seer. Yeah. But the R and the E flipped. Mm. Yeah, it's no. weird. But anyway, that's a little caravan of collection for you all. All right. Fair enough. Mm-hmm. I feel like I should have remembered that from the video game, but you know what? I don't. That was many years ago. I don't remember shit. I wasn't going to say that, but now that you said it. (laughs) (laughs) I'm always going to read it, Siri. Like, nothing will stop me. Yeah, I guess so. And then we'll be recapping on tapping that shit, and it'll be Siri slash Seer. Yeah. Yeah. All right. On to the news. Something auspicious. Lots, ominous. Yeah. Lots mm-hmm. of Mandalorian stuff coming out, which is on theme. It March 1st, the Mandalorian came back. We are hot on the tails of episode one of season three, and we'll get into it. But let's talk about all this other Mandalorian news first. First thing that I thought was really interesting, this came out on, or this little tidbit dropped on february 22nd but it's the japanese poster or a japanese poster for the mandalorian season three that has bo katan on it and it's got japanese writing in it which i had to hold up my little camera and do my little google translate like you do when you don't know japanese and it didn't have a whole lot of new information in it mostly just a like description a little bit of background of who bo katan is um but the last part of the wording on there implies that this season, her past connection with Din Djarin becomes even clearer. Big question mark. What does that mean? What does it mean? I don't know. Yeah. Are they, is he significantly younger than her? Um, another funny thing. I literally just saw this morning. It's not even in our outline because I didn't think about it till just now. I guess there's somewhere where somebody, maybe it was actually Katie Sackhoff herself, made mention that Bo-Katan is apparently somewhere between like 47 and 51 years old. And that is like new information because I guess a bunch of people thought that she was way older than she actually was when she was in the Clone Wars, when Bo-Katan was in the Clone Wars. So now they're just like, okay, so just for the sake of this, we're like de-aging, but like, who cares? Doesn't matter to me. I don't care. But Mm -hmm. the gist of it is, is that people are trying to figure out exactly how they're connected. And the obvious answer I think most people are landing on it is that it has something to do with Death Watch. Because in the very first season of The Mandalorian, we see the Mandalorians come down and save young Din Djarin, who's in his like red Mm -hmm. robe. And we can see that they have insignia on their armor that is Death Watch. So we know Bo-Katan was in Death Watch and the Clone Wars. The assumption is that connection is something to do with that. Yeah. But what if it's like something totally different? Like, what if he's actually her child? I don't know. Yeah, that's like I don't. I don't know if he's. Yeah, I don't know about that. I don't know about that because we saw his parents. <laughs> but I have seen other people legit like theorizing like 
what is this? He he's the new like Ray. He's our new Ray. Where we're just like, who's his? Pa- who are his parents? He could be adopted. Maybe, maybe he was adopted by the cult. So, what if he is somehow related? Though cousins, I don't know. Yeah, cousin. Some sort of nephew situation? Yeah, big question mark. Don't know. Mm. But this poster is somehow implying that there's something there. So. Ooh, Mando and Bo Katan sitting in a tree. Or maybe not. Maybe that's gross. K-I-S-S-I-N-G. Maybe not. <laughs> maybe we don't want that. That might be illegal. <laughs> but not on the lips. <laughs> we'll toss that in there if it warrants it. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Ugh. So, yeah, uh, time will tell, I imagine, this season. Mm -hmm. But, yeah, on to some other Mandalorian news. There has been a lot of Mandalorian press happening this week, as there should be. Makes total sense. But I think we have some creators out here saying some things that are getting the fandom all tightly wound up um, and getting loud on Twitter. So that's what I've been dealing with this week. It's been real fun. Um, mm-hmm. But there was a podcast that John Favreau was on recently. It was called Inside Total Film. He did like a 10-minute interview on their February 23rd episode, which I listened to today. Um, mm-hmm. And that was really interesting. But he made a comment that he's made to a couple of other shows where he has indicated that Grogu and The Mandalorian have been together slash separate slash like the first two seasons have taken place over like a couple of years of time um there is also an implication that Grogu is with Luke Skywalker for like two years and then Filoni is doing interviews and he's saying something different where I think he said well it was less than two years but maybe more than one nobody's on the same page here I guess we're not communicating about what the timeline is here and now there's lots of people confused about whether or not they're talking about in-universe, or are we talking about, like, our timeline of, like, it's been two years since season two ended, and people are thinking very strongly that it's one or the other. They're convinced it's one or the other, and there are sources that are pointing out clarifications that go both ways, so it's kind of hard to say. Oh, I'm going with, or my understanding is that Mando happens in real time from when we watch it, so what Boba Fett Book of Boba Fett was a year ago-ish, right? Therefore, Mando has been with Baby for about a year. Sure, go with that. And lots of people are making their own... Honestly, at the end of the day, I'm not sure why it matters and why, how it's going to affect anybody's like enjoyment of it. It's not really going to affect mine. I don't really care. But it was really interesting how it just kind of blew up the internet <laughs> this whole week. Oh, yeah, and then somebody like asked John Favreau on a red carpet. They're like, your comments kind of like threw the fandom into a tizzy. And he's like, oh, did they? Like, he, I legitimately think he didn't know. He had no idea that he had like thrown a wrench into, into everything. But I don't know. Yeah, I I didn't see what the big deal was. I was like, oh, okay. So the seasons happen in real time. And then the time between seasons is the real time between seasons. Could be both. Could be neither. Don't know. Yeah, whatever. Yeah. Same difference. But there's a couple of other highlights that came out of this, which is that um, 
they also talked about Ahsoka. He made a mention that the uh, Ahsoka series should come out this fall. This is kind of what we've been told before. Rosario Dawson also did a recent interview on the Today Show. She said that it was also supposed to drop this fall. And he, uh, John Favreau mentioned that Ahsoka and the Mandalorian won't be completely interwoven stories, but they will affect each other. And the characters could cross over into the other series and timeline and location. They share all of that stuff. So it's not completely connected, but not completely separate either. Do you think we'll see Sabine? Yeah. And Mando? Yeah, I think we will. I think there's going to be an Ahsoka Sabine cameo this season. And I think Mm -hmm. the big panty dropper at the end of the season, because we always have like a big showstopper thing that happens at the end of each of the seasons, is going to be Ezra that we'll actually see Ezra Bridger. Like, Sabine and Ahsoka won't, but we will see where Ezra is. Yeah. Yeah. Ooh, love. That's my theory. We'll see. Okay. So, yeah, this has been... Oh, yeah, on the one other... (laughs) The other, like, controversial thing that Jon Favreau said in this podcast interview I listened to was that he doesn't actually have a long-term endgame for the Mandalorian and Grogu and how their story ends. Basically, it's just like, you know, I hope this this story carries on and on forever. And obviously, Mm -hmm. he plans out it kind of sounds like he plans out like a season at a time. And now everybody's all mad about that because they're like, well, the sequels didn't help plan either. And look how that ended. So that's, it's been a whole thing, which like, again, who cares? I mean, it's adventure of the week. Right. And it's also like too unpredictable to know what's going to last and what isn't. I mean, imagine like any TV show, like how risky it is to the point where you get an actual pilot greenlit. Like what are the chances Mm -hmm. it's even going to go anywhere? And, like, what are the chances it's going to keep going and it's going to be able to go for multiple seasons or even a whole season at that? So it's, like, everything's just too unpredictable. So how is he supposed to be, like, yeah, I have this whole thing planned out for six seasons. Like, dude, you don't know. Nobody knows. I mean, maybe he does Mm -hmm. know and he's not saying it, but who cares? Yeah. Whatever. Yeah. It's fun to watch. So. It is. The baby's fun to watch. Yeah. I'll never get tired of the baby. But it's going to be weird when he starts talking. Yeah. I don't know about that. I kind of need him to just stay... Just, he's got to start talking eventually. I don't know. Could does he? Can he just keep his little mouth shut? Okay, Yoda was a Jedi Master in High Republic Phase Two, so he would have been what? That would have been three hundred fifty years before Phantom Menace. Yeah, so he would have been like five hundred ish years old. I think between four and four fifty. Right? Yeah, I don't know because he had the twenty something. And we still don't actually know how old Yaddle is, do we? Mm-mm. So let's say he was 400, and then if Baby's 50, then Baby is, I mean, 50 is pretty quick to get up to, like, 50 to 400. He can go from barely talking to, like, full-on Jedi Master Instructor. I don't know, man. I don't know. 350 years. All I know is that he's making a lot more noises this season than he was, I think, last season. There's a lot Mm -hmm. more baby cooing, gurgling, squeaking little noises that he he didn't used to make as much noise before. So maybe that's where they're headed. I don't know. That's going to be the last... The last shot is him saying his first word. It better be something like Dada <laughs> or Daddy or something. Aww. Oh, I need it. Or what if it's just a big boisterous, like, Mando. <laughs> like, <laughs> he sounds just like Carl Weathers. I was going to say, I'm like, you kind of sounded like Grief Karga there. What, he's just yeah. going to, like, start taking after Grief Karga and be like, are you yep. my dad? It's going to be great. <laughs> dad? Are you there? Yeah. All right. Cool. Yeah. Uh, next up, a production brief. 
Yeah, I don't know who Disney sent this out to, but it made its way onto the internet, and it basically was like this fucking 40-page thing all about The Mandalorian, which I did not want to read through all of that, but I read through a good chunk of it. Um, There were, I pulled out a couple little tidbits that sounded interesting or things that I hadn't heard before. One of them was that apparently this season is going to include a lot more Mandalorians, which we already knew. We saw a lot of them in the trailer. And it's going to include a big epic battle. Didn't say anything between whom. I'm not totally sure who to even guess whom it's going to be involved in. And I guess, you know, we get epic battles in Star Wars all the time. It's probably not a surprise, but... Who do we think is going to be having a big epic battle against each other? Do we think it's going to be Mando against Mando? Mandalorian against Mandalorian in some sense? I think it's going to be a pirate fight. Ooh, yeah. I guess we are, we're kind of building to that in this first episode, weren't we? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. They seem like they'll be our overarching big bad. The dread pirate, Robert's green face. Do you think that Hondo might come into the story if that's the case? I sure as shit hope so. God, me too. Shit. That would be so cool. I would be so happy to see Hondo, like, give him to me. I thought they were hinting at that. I thought that's what we were building to in this first episode, and I was kind of sad that that wasn't the case we'll see him i'm confident yeah i feel like he's got to show up in live action at some point we have the animatronic at uh batu so put a camera on that record something there have him say a little something something works for mm-hmm. me he doesn't have to move nope. the other tidbit that came out of this was a lot of uh, katie sackoff talking about bo katan and talking about how in season three she's a very different version of how fans have come to know her especially fans of the clone wars and rebels and uh from what we knew of her in season two as well. She's living this hero's journey and we want all of that to continue to translate. But at the same time, there is this emotional arc and journey that she's on this season that is so raw and heartbreaking, but also inspiring. I'm all about this. I feel this is like Bo-Katan gets main character energy in season three. And I fucking love that. Yes. I'm excited about having more of her, Mm -hmm. especially after episode one. Yeah. And I like, it sounds like she's going to be, like a more well-rounded out, like complex character. It's not going to be like black and white. She's a villain or she's a good guy. There's going to be some like gray area in here, hopefully, Mm -hmm. because I think that's been a big fear for a lot of Bo-Katan fans is that she's just going to be our straight up villain. They're going to fucking whole Scarlet Witch her in this season. But I'm kind of hoping that based on this quote, that that's not the case. So fingers crossed for that all right cool yeah we also have all the season three directors mapped out for this series or for this season of the mandalorian we've got rick famiyiwa bookending the season with uh directing episodes one and then what i'm assuming is this two-part finale he's gonna do seven and eight probably and then we've got rachel morrison who is directing episode two she mostly did cinematography work from or through 2015, and then she's kind of switched to directing since then, at least according to her IMDb page. Um, Lee Isaac Chung is directing episode three. I did not recognize really anything. Uh, he's the one, because we, we've known the directors a while, just not what episode. He's the one that did Minari, right? I don't know what that is. It was a big, big movie a few years ago about immigrant family trying to do a farm in Arkansas or something. Huh. Kind of down on their luck. It was pretty good. Interesting. Okay. Carl Weathers returning to direct episode four. Peter Ramsey is going to be directing episode five. He also directed, uh, he was one of the directors for Into the Spider-Verse, and he's going to be directing at least one episode of Ahsoka. We don't know if it's one or many or whatever. But I like that, like, looking through his resume, he worked as a storyboard artist for a long time. That's what most of his credits are on IMDb. Hmm. Cool. And then Bryce Dallas Howard is back to direct episode six. And that's our 
crew of directors. I guess, yeah, I think we did know this, I guess, for a little while, but we just didn't know which was which. Mm -hmm. So something to look forward to. Stacked. Yeah. Yep. Uh, Did you watch this Freddie Prince Jr. interview of him just spilling all kinds of fun tea? (laughs) No, I just realized that I skipped over that bullet point no that's okay it wasn't um it's a really long interview like he does on this youtube show but it's a a very brief corner of it where he talks about star wars specifically a lot about dave filoni and he's basically like every other word out of his mouth he's just like oh man they're gonna be so mad at me for saying this and i'm just like keep going at the entire time but the biggest fucking thing that he said that i was not aware of i don't think anybody was aware of this that is that dave filoni apparently directed the vader hallway scene at the end of rogue one amazing had no idea and i guess he goes into some of the detail about it where he was like they had filmed a version of it and i guess it was just like It was too much, like, hand-talking. Like, whoever the actor was that was playing Vader was just, like, he's, like, basically speaking, like, through his hands. Like, it was just too much. And and I guess whatever the chest plate was, like, the lights on Vader's chest plate were wrong. Like, things were lit up in the the wrong places. And so Filoni came in and fixed, I guess, some of that stuff. And then he ended up directing that whole last bit, which I just think, like, the whole thing with Leia and everything, I guess, came down to him, which is just fucking cool. that's cool to me and if the people out there who are like hate that scene or whatever or think that's just ridiculous star wars and put a weird end on the movie whatever think what you want to think i fucking <laughs> love the hallway scene man i thought that was awesome and i think that yeah. that's a really fun piece of trivia that he directed that yeah i had no idea and those of you who don't agree with us you're wrong yeah you are that's how opinions work <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but yeah, so in true Freddie Prince Jr. fashion, a lot of this, his Star Wars ranting included rants about how the Force isn't what you think it is because you played the Force Unleashed video games and that messed all of you guys up and Dave Filoni understands what the Force is and he's the master of all of this and it was just, it was a great bit. I enjoyed it. Actually, his whole interview was really interesting. He went on this whole thing about like how some stunt went horribly wrong when he was filming how I'm, uh, what I made, what is it? What I did last summer? I know what you did last summer. That's it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, really funny and really interesting. So hmm. I enjoyed it. Um, but yeah, it's around the hour 24 mark that he starts talking about Filoni and Star Wars and stuff. If you want to check that out, we'll link to it in our show notes. Nice. All right. On to books. So Cataclysm, it is the phase two of wave two adult novel kickoff. Uh, comes out in April. Mm, there are two excerpts that have come out, which I'm excited because one of them I've read in the book and the second one I haven't gotten to yet because I'm only on, I think I just finished chapter three or maybe I'm in chapter four. I don't know. But one of them was on EW. It was on EW. Yeah. <laughs> EW. EW. <laughs> David. Um, it was on EW and they interviewed Lydia Kang on an episode, the February 23rd episode of the Dagobah Dispatch which is Entertainment Weekly's Star Wars podcast, which I did not know that they had one. So that was interesting. Huh. Really interesting listen. Um, I enjoyed getting to, like, to hear a little bit about her background and the process of this book coming together and how writing in the High Republic and how that whole process works. It was just really, really interesting. Um, if people want to go find that, we'll link to that too. But yeah, this excerpt on Entertainment Weekly came out February 24th. This is the one... That you haven't gotten? To- no, it's I have. you have read this one. Okay. The, yeah, this mm-hmm. one's 
more towards the beginning of the book and more centered on Gela and Axel. So that one's fun if you want to go check that out. And then the March 3rd one that was out on StarWars.com, this is the return to Dalna that you haven't, you said you haven't gotten to this part yet. Mm-hmm. I read the excerpt, um, but I, I was like, whoa, normally when they post excerpts, it's like the very, very beginning. Yeah. And not that I'm in the very, very beginning, but I'm past the 10% marker. So I was really surprised that they put this. Yeah. In, but I think what's cool about it, well, I really like how the author writes, and it seems like it's tying up or tying in Path of Deceit pretty nicely and still keeping, um, shit, what was the adult book? Convergence. Convergence, yeah. So I, I, again, I think Path of Deceit is required reading. Lydia Kang in this podcast that she did mentioned that she wrote a story in The Empire Strikes Back from a certain point of view. I also need to go back and read that. That was like her intro to writing in Star Wars. She did a lot of writing of young adult science fiction before that, but that was how she got involved in Star Wars publishing stuff. So yeah, I I like how she's doing so far. I'm pleased with her. Her interview with uh, Entertainment Weekly was great and not like spoilery at all. If you're wanting to go into what's Cataclysm, like completely not knowing anything, Mm-hmm. She does talk a little bit about the main characters and their relationships in the interview she does with uh, Entertainment Weekly. So, like I said, if you want to go in totally cold, maybe don't listen to it. But I really enjoy the interview and sort of getting to know her. Um, and I don't think there's anything super spoilery. Like, people she talks about are people that we know are in this book. Everyone knows who's mm-hmm. in it. So, yeah, that's where we're at with that. But uh, I would definitely recommend it because I enjoyed it. All right, next up, the Mando and Baby are back, or I guess maybe they're just now at Walt Disney World. I think they were at Disneyland in November, and they're just popping up at Walt Disney World, and everyone's freaking out and crowding them. That's right. So much. We did talk about that a while back where they uh, tend to debut or tend to include some of these characters at Disneyland only and sometimes they don't come to Disney World at all. So the fact that they have now shown up at Disney World is really epic. These pictures are hilarious. The crowd is absolutely insane that they are like smushing poor Din and Grogu, who's probably already claustrophobic in that helmet and in that armor. But wow. It's really, it's really, uh, I feel bad, honestly. I'm like, this, I hope this person was like mentally prepared for this because if not, like, holy shit. But one thing they put is like, oh my gosh, they may have to like rope them off for visiting, which would suck. Yeah, I hope that's not the case. I wonder if the theme song plays when he walks, you know, like if he, like every now and then, if he stops, looks around, takes a few steps forward and stops and it goes, do. Whatever the song is. Or if he has like a Beats by Dre little speaker on him. And when he walks through the crowd, it just is like. Yeah. I hope he has that. But I bet it's cute as fuck. Yeah. If I were him, I'd be like, cool, I'm going to leave the speaker behind now every single time because I don't want to be mobbed like this literally ever again. This was actually terrifying. And he must be super fucking hot. Oh, yeah. And I bet he can't see shit. No, probably not. This poor person. Oh, my God. Oh, my gosh. In the last picture, someone is holding a baby, <gasps> and it has its own little Mickey Mouse ears. Oh, oh my God. Oh, oh my God. It's got its own little Mickey Mouse hat. 
Oh, they have like their own little baby Yoda. That is hysterical. It's so cute. Oh. Yeah, I mean, like, there are people in like tank tops and shorts in this. Like, it has to be real hot. This poor guy. <laughs> I know. But yeah, I mean, I, I'm sure he can't see because I've, uh, I've been a little obsessed with Pedro Pascal lately from The Last of Us. Let me... I'm going to text you something. Wait, have you been seeing the funny edits that people have made? Like the actual... Not the ones that they were making fun of on Saturday Night Live. Like the actual ones that people have made. No, like the fan cam yes, things? Yes, yes. There's some really fucking funny ones. Almost all of the clips are from um, the Kingsman movie that he's in. Which I need to rewatch that movie. I saw it like once when it first came out. And I was just like, who the fuck is that hot ass dude? from america um, in the blue suit lo and behold pedro pascal all right i'm gonna text you something that's like really fucking funny um but i've been reading a lot of articles lately of like how much is he in the suit and he talks a lot about uh how like the mask fogs up and you can't see shit so this is one of the funniest etsy pedro pascal things <laughs> <laughs> Um, For those of you who clearly cannot see my text message, it is a, um, it's just his head and it's a car air freshener of just his smirking face. I think my favorite thing, though, would be the scent (laughs) list. The first one being no scent. I don't know why anyone would buy an air freshener. Right. That has no scent. Is no scent a scent? Like, like just fresh smell? Or is there no smell? Oh my god, I have no idea. My Etsy app won't drop down the scent list, so I can't see that. No. But yeah, this is Pedro Pascal's mustached face. And yeah, the little smirk. Oh my god. this It's so funny. It's just a floating head. This is so funny. So what are the other scent options? Okay, let me read a few. Uh, candy floss. <laughs> Don't know what that is. Forest fruits. Hmm. Don't know what that is. Uh, my favorite frankincense oh okay a jesus smell okay tutti fruity parma violet fresh rain freshly baked bread grapefruit pink interesting yeah uh sea spray champagne i don't know if you want your car to smell like booze that's probably not the right answer oh Oh, that'd be (laughs) miserable getting into a hot car that smells like Imagine, like, you're hungover and you get in a car that smells like that. You'd just be, like, yakking out the window the whole time. Yeah. They have some, like, normal. They have a lot of normal smells, like vanilla, exotic fruit. Which is different. Fresh cut grass. Than forest fruit, I imagine. And tutti frutti. Yeah. Don't forget that one. A lot of fruity colors, scents happening here. What the fuck does freshly baked bread air freshener smell like that sounds disgusting it sounds like art it would probably just smell real artificial so should should i get one for my car i think you should i think you should probably get one in every flavor alice i think you need to i need to know what the exact difference is between tutti frutti and forest fruit what's extra funny is that this shop has many faces (laughs) (laughs) oh it's not just exclusively pedro pascal content no it looks to be is that billy corgan the Rock. Oh, God. Uh, Robert Pattinson. Danny DeVito, maybe? Oh. <laughs> I can't tell. Um, and Daryl Dixon from The Walking Dead. You know, Robert Pattinson is the only one there and that logically makes sense in that with Pedro Pascal, since he's such a heartthrob or was at one point. The rest of those, I'm like, I don't know about that. Danny DeVito. <laughs> 
Paul Walker. Mm. Hmm. Matt Smith. Yeah, that one lines up too, actually. Zach Efron. Zephron, that one lines up. Yeah, I like it. David Tennant. Oh, that's cute. Uh, pretty much the whole cast of Riverdale and Glee. Got it. Benedict Cumberbatch. Naturally, yes. The best Hemsworth. Chris. Mm, yes. You can get one and you can get every flavor, a different flavor for each one. And just have oh, yeah. the whole cast of <laughs> Doctor Who hanging in your car. I mean, the list goes on and on and on. It, it's never ending, the number of faces that exist here for these air fresheners. And it's just... There's 154 options. Oh, my God. (laughs) So instead of reading through them all, dear listeners, you can find the full list because we will link to this very silly Etsy find um, in our show notes if you would like to go check that out. (sighs) Alice, I wish we could get a referral code or something for this. Get a little kickback from Pedro Pascal's face, but that's fine. I just I thought it's so funny. I have the tab open at my work computer and I'm like, do I want to order this? (laughs) Every day I think about it and I'm like, well, what smell do I want? Because I do have a car, so like I could hang it on the thingy, but... That's an overwhelming list of options, though. That's a lot. I know. My car still smells like new car. Which is really the ultimate goal anyway. Yeah. And that's not even a smell option. And I don't don't want to order one with no scent. And I don't know what frankincense smells like, but I'm very intrigued. Oh, I feel like it's not good. I feel like you need to go roll up to like a candle store and find a frankincense candle and you're going to be like, mm, I don't know about this. I mean, I like incense. So what is Frank incense? Like Frank's Red Hot? <laughs> How gross would that be if it were like an incense of buffalo sauce? Oh, God. <laughs> I don't even like incense to begin with. The fucking salon I was at for three hours this morning reeked of incense for some reason. It was so... I love it. Like, you'd think it would smell like a fucking salon. It would smell like chemicals, but no, it smelled like incense. I'm like, I don't like this. Yeah. Salons should smell like chemicals. They should, right? Mm-hmm. Anyway. 100%. Double it and give it to the next person. Um, Let's talk about the documentary that's coming out about the greatest thing to happen in Star Wars history. Question mark? The Star Wars Holiday Special from 1978. Pretty sure it's 78. I don't know. Yeah. This it, There's a legit documentary coming out about how this piece of shit came to be. And it's going to debut at South by Southwest on March 11th. And then I don't know where it's going to be after that, but it better show up on some streaming service somewhere. I'm sure it will be readily accessible to us in the near future. It needs to be. It needs to be. The trailer is great. If you want it, we'll link to the trailer in our show notes if you want to go check that out. But yeah, it's a whole thing and they interview a bunch of celebrities um, that talk about like basically how this came to be. And it was basically because well, in the 70s, if you had a thing that was successful, you did a variety show on it. That's just the way things were. Everyone did variety shows. It was they a thing. show in this article the Osmonds. Yes, uh, Sunny and Cher. Was Carol Burnett still? Oh, again? I'm sure she was. Yeah, yeah. It was a whole thing. A variety show extravaganza, if you will. Yeah, but I'm sure there's more to the story since they made a whole movie about it. So as soon as we found out more about where that's going to end up, you guys, we'll let you know because I am dying to watch this. I mean, like just the the trailer alone is great and like all the inter- the stars and stuff that are in it. I can't wait for this. Totes. Yeah, and I think that's it for news, yeah? Yeah, that brings us that brings us to the end. That brings us to uh, to drink break time. Drink break time let's drink break uh uh, uh boom uh.
are back. Recap on tap. Lots of shit to talk about. I think our majority of our time will be Mando. So let's power through this other shit. <laughs> Some initial thoughts on <laughs> Battle Scars, which that actually comes out the day this comes out, right? Oh, do we share a little release day? How cute are we? I think you're right. I think you're perfect. right. Yeah, that's perfect. My thoughts on Battle Scars. Non-spoilery, friends. We won't spoil anything. So no need to turn away. Not spoiling any plot. Um, it is, has the kids say, air quote, horny, which <laughs> I am not a fan of reading. Like, I, it's just, I'm not. Um, I love Marin. It's mostly about Marin. Uh, I feel. It's just not that interesting i i didn't love it i'm so glad to be done with it <laughs> those those are my thoughts okay. so if, if you like if you like air quote horny in your star wars have at it you'll probably love it if you don't it is very much you're not missing anything yeah. Um so I'm actually not done with it yet. Um I think I'm on chapter let's take a little look see here. I'm on chapter 13 of 19. I think there are 19 chapters. So I'm past the halfway point. Um but I'm listening to the audiobook. I haven't actually read any of it. I've been listening to the audiobook and uh the narrator is not somebody I think we've ever heard narrate Star Wars before and I'm not a fan. Where I am in the book, my interpretation is that it's mostly about Cal. Like, it's a little bit about Marin, but, like, I guess maybe the end, I guess, picks up and is more about Marin. But I also didn't watch, I didn't finish watching the cutscenes of of the of the game. So I've never even met, my first introduction to Marin was in this book. Oh, that's interesting that you don't feel it's mostly about Marin and her, oh, there's also a lot of feelings in it. <laughs> Which is really your, probably your main issue. <laughs> Between the feelings and the air quote horny, I'm just like, God, thank God I finished that book. I But I felt it was really mostly about Marin and her feelings. And they're all having feelings. So yeah. many feelings. They're just sitting and thinking about feelings half the fucking book. Yeah. I, yeah, I don't think you're missing anything if you don't read it. I can't imagine that you would be missing anything from not reading it but again if you like if you're you know i'm not really good with feelings and emotions if you like those things you'll love it i like horniness in reading and in books especially in star wars books we get very little of it and i'm very starved for it in star wars so when we get it i tend to like it and it was it's fine in this it didn't bother me i don't know is the audiobook reader a dude or yeah a chick? it's a dude so <laughs> i bet i bet that it that's really fucking awkward. It but is. I wonder if that's maybe if you had read it, if you would feel that it's more about Marin than Ooh, Cal. That's a good point because what my in my notes here, what I'm sort of centering on is that the Cal comes off in the game, the gameplay that I've watched, which again is limited of the four hours of gameplay video <laughs> that I watched. I've only watched two, and Cal just comes off as like a like a badass. Like, he seems very cool. And in this audiobook, he's so annoying. <laughs> he's like a, he's just like an annoying kid. And I mm -hmm. do not care for him at all as a character. And so, and I feel like a lot of it is him. But that, again, it probably is just because of listening to the audiobook. I'm getting a different sort of interpretation of the story than you are. I bet that's it. That would be interesting. Yeah. Uh, and there's no way for us to 
know, but I wonder if other people, like if people thought it was more skewed towards Marin who read it versus listened to it. Yeah. Huh. There is one thing that I do pick up on, which is like sort of the tension between Cal and Marin. And I am sort of liking their, I like their relationship and I like the sort of chemistry that definitely comes through in this book. But overall, mm-hmm. I just get so annoyed with Cal so easily and the whole book just kind of comes off as insufferable because he is just so annoying and the narrator is so annoying in his interpretation of it. So this is, but this book maybe is not for me. I'm going to finish listening to it and I'm not probably ever going to go back and actually read it, but I'll finish listening to it and we'll, we'll, maybe we'll talk more about it in detail at some point. Maybe we won't. I don't know, but why don't you read the last six chapters? Cause I don't want to, I'm too, I just, I get through, I'll never get through it. Like I'm not enjoying it enough to force myself to read it. And at least if I can listen to it while I'm cooking, doing dishes, getting ready, showering, I'll get through it. Fair enough. Yeah. Um. So I think needless to say, we don't have a super glowing no. opinion of Battle Scars, which no. is unfortunate. I know. I have so much hope. I was looking forward to this book a lot. And I think like, like I said, like the, the sort of horniness of this book i wish we had more of it in star wars i'm totally cool with it when it's claudia gray and christy golden writing it for some reason it's not working as well for me in this but i these are characters i don't really know anything about or care about that much and that's yeah and i'm mostly just finding them all annoying so that's where i'm at on to the next batch of recapping things i'm talking about the bad batch i see what you did there bad batch uh episode 10 came out it was a, a to-be-continued from episode 9. Um, the plot, what I picked up, is there was a thief of the month club. Yes. Run by a guy that was kind of a dick. And there was a kid who was like, yeah, I thiefed your ship. Um, okay. And they're like, great, we want it back. And then shenanigans, and they win their ship back and leave interesting yeah no that's i think you pretty much got it it was a lot of uh there's a lot of social commentary happening in episode 10 which is called retrieval uh the item being retrieved of course is the havoc marauder uh it's nice to have it back wrecker is really funny in this episode i really enjoyed every single time he opened his mouth it made me laugh um but being on this mining planet and dealing with all of these like kids that have basically been like enslaved or like indentured servants to this fucking asshole guy that's running this mine like little bit of a downer for me i don't know like it was fine it was an interesting episode i'm glad we got the ship back i'm glad we've got gonky back omega learned some lessons there's not a whole lot i think that's happening in the big picture of this unless of course they plan to bring benny back at some point um this character Benny who reminded me a little bit of like a young Ezra in terms of like how annoying he was so but it was fine yeah it was fine okay all right yeah uh next one episode 11 what jumped out to me when I first or when it first started is the clone trooper or whatever kind of trooper had the blue glowy yeah thing and this is all gonna make sense because the blue glowy face mask eye holes whatever they really jumped out to me at the end of bad batch season one where when they were dropping off nala say in the mountain office yeah yeah so this whole episode takes place uh or at least a lot of it takes place it appears on tantus 
which is a really interesting reference, I guess, that they're pulling from Legends. And we didn't know that it was Tantus at the end of season one of The Bad Batch, but that's apparently what it is. And Tantus was featured in Legends as like a place where Palpatine used to keep his horde of like evil, evil objects. He was like a collector or some shit. And then I guess Thrawn had a cloning facility in the Legends timeline. Hmm. In Tantus, on Tantus, Mount Tantus, I think is a place. It may be on a different planet that's named something else. I don't know. Whatever. Tantus is back and it's canon and it's a cloning facility still, but we've got a different dude running the show there. This guy named Dr. Hemlock and he's got Nalase imprisoned there. So I'm glad that we finally caught up with her. It took us 11 episodes to circle back to this story that ended you know, at the end of season one. But I'm glad to see that she's still kicking um, and is still resisting being any kind of help to them in any way. But we've got this asshole Dr. Hemlock that brings in Lama Sue at the end of it. And he's just like, hey, you want to know how you can get that bitch to talk? You go find Omega and like just torture her in front of her or something and she'll do whatever you want. So I think that's the plan. I kind of like that we're bringing back around the story of like, Omega is being pursued again by a higher Mm -hmm. authority because that made for more exciting action and tension in season one that I've been missing in this season. So I hope we continue kind of with this storyline. But I really liked this episode. I like that there's more bigger picture being affected here. Yeah, I really, um, I'm glad they're bringing back all the cloning stuff. Yeah. Because eventually it's going to somehow relate to Mandalorian because of Dr. Pershing and their little uniforms and shit but i'm like what are they trying to get her to do like this is the stuff i care about you know protect omega she makes that comment where she's like i know what you what the emperor wants i know what his end goal is and i won't cooperate with it so i think she knows that he wants to clone himself well do we know it's himself though for sure i don't know but the fact that they have like the little zillow beast in this episode i like did not like the first time I watched it, I was so confused. Or the first time I rewatched it, because I was like, I thought this was supposed to be the Zillow Beast. What the fuck is this thing? Because it's so small and it's like blind at first. And like as it eats more of the electricity, it gets bigger and bigger. And then I'm like, oh, okay, I see it now. I see now that it's a Zillow Beast. But I was very confused because I did watch this when they sent out the screeners and I just didn't give it any thought. And now rewatching it, I was just like, ugh, it's a little lizard guy. Yeah, and I vaguely remember Zillow Beast from Clone Wars because they were like, oh, we need to protect it. And the Emperor's like, oh, we should kill it. I'm pretty sure. He, like, wants its armor because it's, like, lightsaber resistant. So he wants yeah. to fig- he wants to study it and shit. But I think they kill the original one. The Jedi didn't want it killed, but the Emperor did. Or Palpatine did. Yeah, but they obviously cloned it in some way because isn't that what this little guy is? Mm-hmm. Uh, it's the clone of the Zillow Beast. It's it's really interesting. I mean, it, it, they do the same thing they did in the Clone Wars where it's like Godzilla-ing up on a tower and shit. It's like, it's kind of cool. It's it's really, it makes for very cool visuals. Um, And I like the sequence where Omega and Tech are sort of teamed up inside the ship and they're trying to like download all of the data from the, the ship logs of the cloning facility that's like inside the ship that crashed. And he has to like whip her around a corner to like save her as the other, as the like ship explodes. It was just, it was a really cool action sequence. I really enjoyed. Um, but yeah, overall, I kind of hope that this is like, I kind of hope we stick with this sort of storyline and like, or at least circle back to it at some point this season. Mm-hmm. Cause this is the kind of shit that's interesting and that keeps me engaged in this show. Yeah. I, I, very much hope that hope that as well 
because I just I I want like more plot and the cloning stuff is very interesting to me yeah and we know Dr. Pershing's back so we know there's going to be more cloning stuff that's just you know 20 30 years later Never. Yeah, he did show up in a trailer for The Mandalorian at one point. So yeah, I imagine this is going to connect back in some way. I, I feel like I saw some like suspicion that this is like somehow going to connect to Thrawn and Ahsoka and stuff. But I think that's just people like wishful thinking that like the Legends stuff is going to come back into play, which I don't think is going to happen. So yeah, I don't think so either. Uh, fun call out for the cast of this episode. The character Emery, who's like the aide that Hemlock talks to a couple times in this episode, is voiced by Keisha Castle Hughes. Uh, and so that's the second time she's, I believe the second time she's appeared in Star Wars. Maybe she did some voice stuff in the Clone Wars too. Yeah, what else was she at? So she was in Revenge of the Sith. She played the Queen of Naboo. Got it. Yep. Yeah. But she yep. didn't speak. It wasn't a speaking role. So this was interesting. Um, and then Dr. Hemlock is played by, or is voiced by Jimmy Simpson, who is one of those actors that you may not recognize the name, but the minute you see his face, you'll recognize him from something. Uh, he plays Liam in Always Sunny in Philadelphia. He was Lloyd in Breakout Kings. And I recognized him as Gavin from House of Cards. Yeah, I remember uh, there was the one science woman and I was like, oh, she's got perfect bangs and a perfect bun like Laura. <laughs> the brunette. I remember like you're talking about like the Emery chick, right? Uh, that was Keisha Castle Hughes. She uh, like reminded me so her voice sounded so much like Omega, like her voice and her accent or whatever sounded close enough to Omega that I was just like, is that the actress that plays Omega voicing this character? But apparently this actress is Australian. Mm. Uh, Omega, I think is like, isn't she like more New Zealand? Maybe she's also Australian. Yeah. I don't know. So they're definitely not the same. But to my ear, it sounds the same. You're so uncivilized and uncultured, Laura. I Jeez. truly am when it comes to that. I fully admit it. Um, but the actor who voices Lama Sue, best known for voicing Porky Pig in Looney Tunes, and I love that. Wow, I know, amazing. <laughs> he voiced Lama Sue in the Clone Wars too. Um, not, I don't think he did the Attack of the Clones, but yeah, mm. all the animated shit. Interesting, Porky Pig. All right. <laughs> anything else bad batch no i don't think so looking forward to seeing what's next uh as this season wraps up we're getting we're getting there all right let's get in it with mando uh season three episode one hot dog initial quick reaction i loved it i loved it too i fucking love it. it's called the apostate chapter 17 and i am fucking head over heels to have the show back in my life i love it yes so it kicks off and at first I think a lot of people thought this um, based on a, another podcast I was listening to. I thought it was maybe like a weird flashback. Yeah. And then, of course, it's Mando's doing a ceremony, putting a helmet on a kid like, you're never going to take it off. And I was like, oh, if that's Mando. Then they get attacked and he didn't actually finish the saying. So he's not breaking the rule if he didn't finish the saying. But it wasn't a flashback because Mando swoops in to save the day. The animal that attacked them, there's a placeholder on Wikipedia for it. The audio description evidently calls it, ready? Ready for this? Ready for the species? I'm ready. Giant dinosaur turtle. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, that's awesome. (laughs) Yeah, on Wikipedia, it's called dinosaur turtle. And it says this article's a stub about a creature. You can help Wikipedia by expanding it, but no one... it's as of right now, the 
biological name for this creature is dinosaur turtle. Um, the audio description described the pergol as mysterious celestial entity. It didn't. It didn't actually say pergol in the audio description. <laughs> that was that was fun. <laughs> uh, yeah. So Mando saves the day. He's got this sweet baby with him. Um, a lot of the Mandos they really like suck at fighting. Yeah, or like they're just fucking stupid because it's like, hey, how many times do you have to shoot that thing to realize that it's your blaster's not doing anything? It's doing literally nothing and you're just wasting ammo. Yeah, it's like run away. Yeah. You know, go hide in a cave. I don't know. Like this just this isn't working for you guys. You look like clowns. <laughs> um so Baby and Mando show up and they're like, Hey armor, hey or Mando is and Baby's like, Ooh, <laughs> And it's so cute. And she's just like all holed up in her cave. She's got that huge like Mando skull head thing hanging up mm-hmm. and she's just armoring away. Yeah. And one thing too that I saw pointed out was she has like a little flask of whatever that she pours in and she's done it in several episodes because I rewatched like what I considered crucial Mando and T-Bop episodes Mm -hmm. um, last week. But someone was like, oh, what if that flask that she puts into all the metal she makes is water from the Mines of Mandalore? Oh, my God. And she could bless him and chooses not to, you know? Like, she could just be like, the power of Mando compels you. Oh, my God. Like, cleanse him. And she's like, "Uh -uh." (gasps) uh-uh. So she knows that you can go get the water. And that's why when he's like, if I can go to Mandalore and I can bathe in the waters and prove that the po- the planet isn't poisoned, like I can be redeemed. And she's just like kind of quiet and awkward. And she's like, oh, fuck, he's going to find out that I know how to get this water. Oh, shit. Mm-hmm. Ooh, this is going to be awkward. It's going to be uncomfortable. And yeah, mm-hmm. I fucking hope it is. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And the baby is just hanging out and he's just doing cute little things. Um, What else? Yeah, he's like, look, I found a chunk of rock with writing. It's from Mandalore, so it's okay to go there. Yeah, it's like, you just believe that that's from Mandalore, dude? Like, that could be anything. Yeah. Jawas could have just made that. I mean, it looked like it came off the Emerald City from Wizard of Oz. It totally did. (laughs) Right? Wizard of Oz is canon. Hell yeah. So he's like, all right, well, I did this super bad thing. I had to take off my mask for my baby and so he could pet my face. Mm -hmm. Necessary. And I had to take off my mask to fuck Moff Gideon. Yeah. Who kind of like is the reason that our little clan got fucked up, but I had to take off my mask to do that. And I'm being punished. Because I have a baby, and I tried saving you people. Yeah, you're fucking welcome, by the way. Fuck off, you dumb bitch. So anyway, he fucks off. Yeah. And goes to Navarro. Yeah. And it's so cute. And on his way to Navarro in hyperspace, I'm not even joking, I watched this episode four times and it wasn't until the fourth time that i watched it with rose when she was just like oh my god look at the baby's teeth that i even noticed that the baby had teeth i was so focused on the fucking whales in this scene and in hyperspace i didn't even notice what the baby was doing i texted you about the little teetsy yeah. weetsies yeah 
oh, he's looking up and he's in his little hidey hole and then he disappears and he pops up on Mando's lap somehow. I don't know how he did that, but it was the cutest fucking thing. I want to cry just talking about it. We should bring Rose in for an episode for commentary. Oh my God. She was, did you see the thing I tweeted the other day about her? Like, he just has to go take a bath. It was the fucking funniest thing. Like, watching the show with her is hysterical and so enjoyable for me because she brings such a different perspective that I don't see from anyone else on Twitter or anyone else anywhere. And it's just delightful. Yeah, we should bring her on. Yeah, probably. She'd be like, absolutely not. Um, But who knows? Maybe I can convince her. Maybe for the finale or something. It was so cute with those little teeth and looking up and all the purgle that was cool looking. And they... That's a definitely an indicator yeah. somehow of things to come. Oh, yeah. But it was so cute. They go to Navarro and grief is like, hello. Do you think that like Din woke up at one point? Because I'm sure he was like sleeping while they were in hyperspace and was just like, when he like saw him in his lap, do you think he was like surprised or do you think this is just like a normal routine thing where he wakes up and the baby's just in his lap? I think it's probably a normal routine thing oh, at this point because <laughs> according to me, they've been driving around for like a year. Right. <laughs> Um, but yeah, I'm like, God, one thing I feel so bad for him, like his other ship, he could get up and walk around, you know, stretch your legs, like get some steps in, do some squats, whatever. Had a bathroom. (laughs) Yeah. This one, it's like, oh my God, you're like, you are literally just stuck there. Yeah. There's no, there's no walking around, you know, you're going to get a blood clot. I hope you have compression armor. Like, I hope you didn't eat anything funky before you sat down in that ship to get in hyperspace for x amount of hours because that shit yeah. that's gonna come up maybe that's why he like leaves the canopy open when he gets to Kalavala. he like leaves it open in the fucking rain it's just like that thing probably that out. thing probably smells like shit that's probably that i get it now actually now i hear it maybe he needs one of the pedro pascal air fresheners he does It'd be funny <laughs> if it had his little face on it <laughs> fucking armor would see it just be like what the fuck is this is that your face <laughs> <laughs> or it's like Bo-Katan's face, just like, ah, oh, okay, got it. <laughs> Is that baked bread? <laughs> Fresh cut grass and frankincense. Oh, huh. Love it. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. yeah, so he's on Navarro, and Navarro is really cute and fun, and I loved it. Oh my god, the fucking, like, protocol droid walking around being like, the High Magistrate welcomes you to Navarro. It's pretty here now. Like, I, I fucking loved it. There's, like, the street vendors and the monkey lizards and the trees. It's great. The little band, and then Grief shows up, and he's got his fancy necklace, and he's got two droids on wheels holding his giant cape so it doesn't hit the ground, yeah. but pieces of it still hit the ground anyway, yeah. but that's okay whatever it looked cool yeah and they go for a little chit chat in his office and we get the scene where the baby's like let me do spinnies and eat orange tic tacs spinnies spinnies and tic tacs so fucking funny rose had the same reaction to that scene that i did when we saw the clip of it ahead of time where i was like um i have absolutely no idea what anybody said in that scene I just could not take my eyes off the baby. And she had the same thing. She's like, I don't know what they're talking about. What, can, what are they talking about? I was like, real estate. She's like, all right, cool. Next next up. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oh, yeah. And then IG-88 had a statue dedicated to him in the town square. Yeah, how cool is that? That was sweet. Yeah. Oh. Um, yeah. But then you know what's not sweet is fucking zombie IG-11 later in this episode. Holy shit. <sighs> Holy yeah, shit. Yeah. Um, 
Yeah, so they're chilling on the office, and Grief's like, yo, come be my marshal, because Cara Dune got recruited to super secret fighter squad. Yeah, man, she fucked off to the New Republic, so what are you doing? You busy? You up? <laughs> Goodbye. Yeah. I'll give you this land. Ha ha. It'll be a delight. And, oh, I thought you gave the kid back. Why do you have him? He's like, mm, baby, no, I'm not going to be a marshal because I have a mission. Uh. And I need IG-88 back. And then they go on a stroll. And there are pirates before or after? They're before. They're, no, they have the discussion about needing a marshal and needing IG-11 back. And th- um, But that's after the they encounter the pirates in the courtyard and they have the little dual standoff thing. Oh, yeah. This group of pirates trying to break into a school. And they're like, we're going to drink at the bar. And he's like, it's a school. (laughs) And they were like, the bar. And he's like, no, it's a fucking school. It's like, do you want to go drink with children? What the fuck is wrong with you? Who wants to be in a bar full of kids? I know. Like, why don't you just go to the actual bar? I'm sure there are bars elsewhere, not in the school. Got to be a dive somewhere. You know what? The pirates all looked great. Like, I thought their non-human faces looked amazing. The, like, prosthetics or the masks or whatever the hell they're doing, that they upped the budget for uh, for that and the wig budget, because Bo-Katan later also looks fucking dope. So mm-hmm. we're a lot of up in the ante in season three here, and I'm here for it. It's amazing how much happens in this episode for only being 30 minutes. I know. That's what I said. So when I was talking to John about this episode, I'm like, you know, I bitch about a lot about this show and how it. I wish it was longer. This episode did not feel short to me. A lot of stuff happened. So there's a pirate fight, and they're like, oh, yeah, the dread pirate. Roberts. Roberts, <laughs> Greenface. Um we're working with him. Uh, I forgot what his real name was. Gorian Shard. Was he in the Clone Wars? I don't think so. I think this is a new character, but I could be wrong. Okay. Vane is the name of the little bitch pirate, but Vane works for Gorian Shard. Okay. Um, yeah, so there's a shootout. Everyone's shot except this one dude who's just a dick. He's the leader. Vane. And yeah, and then, uh, yeah, and that's it for now. With the pirates. Yeah, then we're in the droid repair uh, session with Din trying to fix IG-11. And we get zombie torso IG-11 that wants to destroy the asset. And it's real scary. That shit is like nightmare fodder, literally. And then uh, we're tossing the baby through the air. I wish that they... It didn't look like there was any weight to the puppet that they threw. And I wish there was a little bit more like care with it whatever that's the take they went with and that's fine i thought he would be like a sack of potatoes yeah just a little heavier a little little more movement or Mm -hmm. something but when din uh when they when they do finally push grief's like gold bust down on top of the of on top of ig11 why are we not taking that gold droid isn't the whole point that you need a droid you can trust look what he just did for you and for the baby like, why aren't we taking that gold protocol droid instead of trying to build rebuild IG-11? That just seems like a lot of work. Yeah, IG-11 has a better skill set, though. Like, especially in nurse droid mode, and he could fight. Fair the enough. protocol droid, I don't think so. Yeah, I guess. But that protocol droid stepped in when it was needed and did what needed to be done. And I appreciate that. And I think it deserves more credit for that. Yeah. Droid rights. Also, okay, that droid would be too hard to fit in a ship where he could fit half of an IG. 
in a ship way more easily. That's fair. I wonder how long we're going to keep this this ship around because you you make good points. Number one, bathroom situation. Number two, getting out to stretch your legs during long jaunts in hyperspace. Number three, where the fuck are you putting literally anything that isn't that baby? Solution. Give it to me. Space U-Haul. Yeah. We need a we need an attachment, if you will. Mm-hmm. Just get a little little chain link, little carabiner, if you will. That'll stay hooked during hyperspace. Oh yeah, that's some duct tape yeah. for uh, reinforcement. Exactly, Duh. it's not going anywhere. <laughs> Amazing. Yeah. Um. Bah, 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 bah. Yeah. He's like, I need IG. IG's the best. Uh. Griff's like, okay, let's go look at these droid repair people. Uh. And it's the little Babu freak characters. The Anzellans are the best droid repair people in the galaxy, and they are hard at work putting IG-11 back together. And they're like, no, 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 bitch, you need a memory circuit or this thing's not going to be your friend anymore. And he's like, okay, I'll find a memory circuit. And he leaves, and he tell, and then as he's leaving, Grief is like, well, if the Anzellans can't find it, I don't know who can. And I'm like confused because I thought Din was going to go find the thing so what was that line about doesn't matter it's fine somebody's gonna find a memory circuit and fix ig11 that's the end game all i could remember is how precious they were and then when they were like bad baby (laughs) no squeezy (laughs) (laughs) no squeezy bad baby Uh, i loved it oh and then he like goes to like grab it he goes to grab the Ancelin again at one point after he puts him down. Oh my god, I was fucking screaming. It was so good. Every single time it was still good and still funny. So cute. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, so then they're basically on a little another little mission again. Gotta get to Kalavala and go see Bo Katan for some reason. Who knows why, but in the uh in the meantime, he gets attacked by pirates, and they're like, oh no, the pirates, ah. And it's that douche who survived and some other dudes, and they all get fucked. Fuck around, find out, buddies. Yeah, they found out. And then we see the dread pirate... Gorian Shard. That. Yeah. <laughs> and he's got... He kind of looks like old Greg. He does. <laughs> Do you love me? <laughs> Make an assessment. <laughs> this is Bailey's. <laughs> like, you ever drink Bailey's from a shoe? This is Bailey's only a little closer. <laughs> this is Bailey's as close as you can get without your eyes getting wet. <laughs> I'm all Greg. Yeah. He totally did. Oh my god. <laughs> so good. And what, like, I forget, I know it's like there's a purpose to show him, or we're definitely going to see him again, but did he say anything of consequence when they showed him on the ship? No, they really didn't. Okay. Got it. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Um. So then, yeah, Mando fucks him and then shows up to Castle Catan. Mm-hmm. Castle Catan? Oh, my God. <laughs> Castle Crees, but we're, I'm going to go Castle Catan because that's way fucking better. Um, sounds better. Yeah, it does. We have to go play Settlers of Catan, and we're going to show up to Kalavala. Don't know why he knew that Bo-Katan was there, and I don't know why he thought that Bo would know where the waters are, but she did, so that's handy. Um, but they have a real interesting little conversation after he gets out of a ship and leaves the, the thing open for all the rain to get in. Yeah, war shit. Um, yeah, he walks down the hallway. She's just like draped across her throne. Oh god! Just like a, uh, you know, it's normally when you see people draped across the throne, they're just like 
eating like feeding themselves grapes yeah. and drinking wine and they've got like red wine stain around their mouth no fucks given and they're just yeah. like you know they're just like overindulgent everything like uh but she's just hanging out and i'm like yo don't you want a cushion <laughs> like can, can i get you a data pad or something are you gonna go play can i get, would you like to play some snake on your rose was sitting there and she's like what was she doing do you think before she showed up was she just sitting there and i was like yeah you i think know. she like looked out her window and was like oh and did like one of those cartoon like <laughs> tiptoe things till she got to her throne and then just played herself out real fast Act casual <laughs> yeah and then, like, she left and just, like, she's like, how much longer do I sit here? Do I wait? Oh, I see I'm flying now. I see. I think I can get up now. All right. Cool. Yep. Fucking great. Yeah, and it had to have been that. Nothing else would make no, sense. No, it didn't. Like, why the fuck would you just sit there? You got the whole castle you could go roam around. Yeah. He shows up. He's like, yo, I'll join your clan. And she's like, there is no one in my clan. They left because you took my sword from me. Even though I didn't even tell you that I had to do the fight, I just said I need my sword. Maybe I should have given you the down low yeah. there. I would say there's no regrets, but there are some regrets. So the <laughs> fact that you've ended up with the Darksaber is one of those regrets. Um, doesn't have her fleet anymore. All of her people are just like flying around being mercenaries or whatever. And she's bitter as fuck about it. And I'm totally fine with that. I love that for her. Did she say mercenaries or pirates she said the stolen fleet is making their way through the galaxy as mercenaries i wonder if they have a run-in with the pirates maybe and that's how the navarro fight goes down interesting i don't know mm. yeah Just throwing shit out there yeah um she's like your cult fractured our people so why don't you just go fuck off and go search for your healing water that isn't actually gonna do shit and just knock yourself out man and now we get to go back to Sundari, which we've never ever seen, I don't think, in live action. We've only ever seen it in animation, except, I guess, it's presumably in the trailer for The Mandalorian. I assume that's yeah. where he is at some point. So, holy shit. She's like, Goodbye, Din Djarin. I like how it so ends like exciting. that. Yeah. Do you think she's like listening to emo music? Yeah, I think like, she's got a new wig and she's got a new attitude and she's probably got some new jams. And I really hope for her sake that there's like pizza rolls or something because like what else are you going to fucking do but sit there all day? I think her playlist has like Avril Lavigne and Panic at the Disco. Yeah. Maybe the Killers on Good Days. She's like, why'd you have to go and make things so complicated? She's like going out of my head and I've been doing just fine. Yeah. Gotta gotta be down. Because I want that sword. Just go on and on. Gets me frustrated. All the small things, you know? Uh, yeah. <laughs> My mind is blanking on lyrics. Yeah, it's okay. Say it ain't so. Mando will go. He will go, indeed. Oh, that was good. That was fun. I can't wait to see um, Sundari again. It's going to be fucking wild. And I just, like, yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. It's going to be really sad, um, but I also really want to see, like, more of this, like, Wizard of Oz green rock shit all over the place. Yeah. I'm like, because, okay, we saw, like, the we saw what is presumably Sundari destroyed in the trailer. I don't remember seeing it looking any, like, green at all, so. Well, they keep saying it turned to glass. Well, yeah, like, Boba Fett said that or whatever, and we were like, what the yeah. fuck does that mean? And I like that we got the reveal in this episode where the armorer was just like, well, yeah, they used the fusion rays, so that means that the whole shit was crystallized. And I like knowing that that came back around from the end of season two. That's great. I love this. 
I am so excited. I am so happy. Evidently, people aren't happy because it's not cinema like Andor. Oh my god, this and Andor ruined Epica. <laughs> this fucking article you posted. I keep people keep talking about this on Twitter, and it's so funny. People are just like Andor ruined Star Wars, and it ruined the Mandalorian because nothing is as good as. I'm like, go fuck yourself. Andor ruined Star Wars for me, but in a completely different way <laughs> that you're talking about. I literally fucking almost walked away from all of it. I hated that show. <laughs> so boring. And the fact that everybody was so high on it, and I'm just like, I don't get it, and I don't like being left out of things. And I was left out of that, and that's fine. And I would now like to leave it in the past and move forward with the show that's fucking good that I actually like with the little baby. Yeah, and I was just like, the article was so funny because it was like, oh, Andor was so creative. And I'm like, was, was it? it, though? Like, it was, sure, it was I guess well done from a critical reception standpoint. It looked good. The acting was good. Like, all that. But was it really that Would we say it was a masterpiece or are we still throwing that word around too liberally? I will stand by that forever. I think, or maybe we're just simpletons, Laura. Maybe. We just, we don't, we don't understand art. You know what? Maybe I'm just a surface level appreciator of Star Wars. I don't know anything about Star Wars. Mm-hmm. I definitely didn't spend fucking years of my life studying the shit out of it so that I could compete in a dumb internet show about it. Like, I I don't get it. I don't get it at all. And this article is really dumb. The point yeah. that they're trying to make is really dumb. So way to go, though. You got all the clickbait that you wanted because everybody's taking screenshots and posting and talking about this. <laughs> The imaginative potential Andor tapped into hasn't been felt anywhere else. <gasps> There's no big imagination. It's just a show. Like, you could set it somewhere else and it could be not Star Wars. Right. Like, whatever. Um, yeah. So I'm excited about Mando. I'm ready for Bad Batch to end. I'm ready to be able to talk about Cataclysm. <laughs> well, uh, Cataclysm. Yes. I'm even excited for Skeleton Crew. I am too. I am too. It's... It's going to be wild. It's going to be a big year for Star Wars. I'm really excited, assuming Skeleton Crew actually comes out in 2023. I know you think it, it will. I don't think it will. It definitely okay. will. And, uh, and you know what? I, I have... I still have hopes for Andor Season 2 because it's forced to move more quickly. Yes. Yeah, that is something. And we're going to get K2 back. Yeah. Hopefully sooner rather than later. Watch it be like the last episode he shows up and you're like, fuck. God, really? <laughs> Remember when like, they first announced it and they're like, yeah, we're going to make this announcement with Alan Tudyk on the stage and imply that he's going to be in the entire show, even though he's fucking not. Yeah. So we'll see. But anyway, Mando snaps all around. Mm-hmm. Applause. We're here for et cetera, et cetera. it. We're happy. We- Alice and I are happy. Rose is happy. I mean, all the fan, every sort of stretch I think every little set, you know, section of the fandom, I think, can be considered happy, except for the ones who are just like, ugh, Andor ruined everything. And if you think that, you're wrong. Because, once again... That's how opinions work. Exactly. (laughs) (laughs) We're cool. Um, Do we want to talk about um, this very silly video that listener Maggie sent us? (laughs) Yeah, so we're moving on from recap on tab, and um, we had a listener tweet at us and tag me uh, the other day. 
because Pedro Pascal did the cutest little, the cutest little interview with little kids, little British kids, which made it even cuter. Somehow, yeah, it did. It did. Always cuter. And he totally pulled an Alice. And it's so cute. They're like, oh, Mando or Pedro, we have some questions. I have, this is our classroom dog and we like to take him on walks. Where would you take the baby Yoda on walks, Pedro? And he's like, I would take him on walks at the park, in the forest, not in the rain. And it was just so cute how he was answering them. And then they're like, we made a helmet and you have to guess our emotions, Pedro. Your child British accent is so good. It's awesome. Oh, thank you. (laughs) I'm so tickled by it. Oh, my God. Keep going. (laughs) Well, they wrote him a letter and said, read this out loud. So we read it and they're like, oh, you have to guess our emotions behind the helmet, Mando, Pedro, whatever. (laughs) Um, So he's like, all right. So then they start going and he's like, shame. (laughs) I, I don't remember. They what just do body that. language movements, and he has to guess based on nothing but that. Which again, yeah, their helmet looks great. It does little tinfoil. Well, they did a good job, and uh, he got all three of them wrong. And he's, <laughs> I don't know, it, it was something like shame, and they're like, no, this is sadness, Pedro. And he's like, well, shame can lead to sadness. <laughs> and they're like, he's like, what about this one? That was anger. And he's like, oh, well, shame can lead to anger. <laughs> he's like, I get partial points or something for it. And we're like, oh, that's Alice. Yep. <laughs> Listener Maggie's like, I got to send this to them because that's Alice. And we we're like, it is Alice. <laughs> it was so cute to watch. And speaking of partial points, yeah. shall we move in to Trips. 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 It's Trips, Mando. Yes, Trips. Pedro, <laughs> would you like to play Trivs with us, Mando? You could like voice Peppa Pig. Like that's that shit's so cute. <laughs> Pe- I've never watched Peppa Pig. I just know in Swedish she's called Greta Gree because Peppa means like dick or something. <laughs> dick. All right. Do you want to go first or should I go first? Oh, I'm trying to figure out. Like I've been putting the trivia cards upside down when I finish them. You know, mm-hmm. so I don't uh, repeat. Yeah, but they're all fucked up. I don't know what side I was on. Excuse me. Um, who wants to go first? I'm gonna read two first. Who admits my mentor told me everything about the Force, even the nature of the dark side? Palpatine. Correct. <laughs> Question number two: Who assures Luke Skywalker there will be no bargain? Jabba? Yes. Correct. Oh. Nice. Best I've done in a long time. Oh, wow. That one's really fucking hard. Let's try it. Which turret-mounted weapon do Geonosians use to project globes of concussive energy? Oh, yeah. The things. Um. So this is, says Sonic Cannon. I'm sure there's like a more specific name for it that nerds will know, but Sonic Cannon is the answer here. All right, wow. Yeah, do you want to just do three? Let me do one more. Okay. Who tells Luke Skywalker your skills are complete? Yoda? I don't know. Vader. Ah, oh, shit. 
Okay. I know. Should end with three. All right. Okay. Here we go. Mm-hmm. Who, when Luke Skywalker decides to confront Vader on Endor, suggests instead, run away, far away? That would be Leia Organa. Bing, bing, bing. All right. Tricky one. Which driver, forced up the service ramp, gets back into the pod race with a cleverly applied control thrust? Anakin Skywalker? Yes, that's kind of a trick question. Fuck yeah. Um, which rebel pilot is killed shortly after urging, hurry up, Luke? Mm-hmm. Um, would that be Big Starklighter? Yes. Ding, Fuck ding, yeah, ding. son. Whoop, 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 whoop. Do you want one more? I still got it. Give me one more. How many claws does the Rancor have on each hand? Three. Four. Damn it. <laughs> this is what happens. Saying I one know. more. Gonna get it wrong. Um, One of the questions on the card I was reading was how many digits does the t- do Toydarians have on each hand? Three? It's three, yeah, mm-hmm. which is why I had three in my mind. Ah, mm-hmm. got it. Because they have to hold the, they don't have that many, and I remember they have to hold the Death Star plans for Dooku. Mm. Picture that shit. All right. Um, limb watch. I'm not paying attention to limb watch. We'll have to rely on listeners for that. Well, I don't think, oh, unless you count Mako in the Bad Batch because he's got, but he's got like artificial limbs already. He like, I think mm. his hand or something comes loose. So I don't think it counts. Yeah. It's it's just a, if it can remove naturally. Like, yeah. For cleaning or whatever, it doesn't count. So it's not a half point, Alice? No. Okay. Fair enough. Which is good for you because you have it a low is. guess. Um, but dear listeners, please send us Limb Watch. Yeah, we'll see um, where we end up. Su- surprise, surprise! We're still not caught up on comics. Um, still on my to do list, and maybe I'll finish watching the cutscenes too. But I'm I'm not there yet. I would I will eventually get caught up on the High Republic comics. It's just. I don't know. Yeah, I need to finish phase one comics, and I haven't even started phase two. And I don't know why, because it's so easy to get through them, but whatever. Yeah. All right. Excuse me. Nice. Thank you, sparkling wine. Um, excuse me. Again. Damn. Um, <laughs> what to expect from our next episode? It will be out March 21st. It will be our second to last episode before Laura goes to Europe. Yeah. Europa, here I come. I can't wait. We're going to, um, on our March 21st episode, we'll talk about the Bad Batch episodes 12 and 13. We'll be out by then. We'll probably just talk about them briefly. We yeah. won't go into too much detail. So no. do because, your own. Yeah. Well, a little quick, quick, unless there's something super cool that happens. But um, we're going to have two episodes of Mando to talk through. So that's going to you know, take priority. It is. And maybe we'll get into more um, battle scars. Maybe we won't. So there we kind of since we didn't like it very much, we probably we don't really want to talk about it that much more. We're not going to like do a whole review where we just take a shit on it. You know, that's not fun. Yeah. for anyone. No, no. But send us questions if you're if you have any ideas, I guess, of things in particular. 
Yeah, especially be, or if you yeah. like if you liked it and you want to tell us why you liked it, d- send us drop us a line. Let us know. Like if you're if you're like super pumped for it and you know it's coming out the same day that this episode comes out and you're like I'm going to finish that before their next episode, do that. Finish it and Ooh. let us know what you think. Also, if your team Marin is the main character or team Cal is the main character, I'm not trying to go to war with you on this, Alice. I'm sure you're right because you're paying more attention to this shit than I am. I'm just listening to the audiobook so I can get through it. Well, just like remember we had the disagreement that we just agreed to disagree on if Reva had been stabbed as a Padawan or if it was just a PTSD thing. Where she was That's imagining. Funny. I really would like to go back and rewatch Kenobi. I was just thinking about that today because I was like, that was the last time that I really liked the Star Wars I was watching on screen. That I loved it with it all so my good. being. Because I haven't really felt that way since. Yeah. Andor kind of uh, sucked the air out of the room. It did. Yeah. I killed my Star Wars boner. All right. Toast two. Here we go. Um, I really don't have much. So my whole thing is just trip planning right now. My whole vibe um, we already talked about TV at the beginning of this episode. There's so much shit. I'm looking forward to it being back. But mm-hmm. my focus at the moment is trying to get everything planned for Spain. Um, I did a lot of work yesterday trying to plan out our days in Malaga, Spain, which is down the southern co- coast. Very Ooh. excited about that. Um, and then trying to find like some fun cocktail bars and shit in London. So I have a little arsenal at my disposal when I'm there and people are like, what do you want to do? I'll be like, I know a place. Noise. So I'll know a place. So that's that's been my whole my whole shit recently. I'm also rewatching Ted Lasso right now and I fucking love it. It comes back March fifteenth. I can't wait. Oh. Yeah. Okay. Season I'm gonna three. wait till it finishes to get Apple TV subscription. Oh, uh, okay. Or till it's about to finish. I mean the seasons are short, so I'll be a little behind, but I if the subscription's like a month, then I can get it like the last month it's out. Yeah. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Mm, so for me, I have been doing, um, I'm really pleased because I've been doing a good job at trying to get in at least 6,000 steps a day. I changed my goal from 10 to 6 because my boss told me that she read somewhere that really 6 is good enough and we don't really need to get 10,000. So I've been taking the dogs on longer walks and I've been like crushing it at getting at least 6 a day. Well, it's also like soul crushing if you just keep missing your goal over and over and over again. So if you set a more, more realistic goal, that's awesome. Yeah, and if 6,000 is good enough, then fine by me. Hell yeah. It's good enough for me too if my boss read an article somewhere. Um, yeah, so doing good with walking the dogs let's see what else is good work's still going good i've got this office chair like a real office chair for the first time in a million years which is good because i never really had one i cannot believe how long you've worked from home and you've never had a proper office chair how do you how is your back even still in existence i don't know feels fine to me but yeah, it's cool because it does like it kind of like leans back a little bit if I push and it's got armrests. Can nice. you do spinnies like Rogo? Yeah. Sweet. I can indeed. And it's got like a mesh back and a and a mesh bottom and it was under $200. Um, my chair has the mesh on it too. And I hate it because mostly when I'm working from home, I'm usually doing it in shorts and it's really uncomfortable to sit in shorts on chairs like that and so i had to buy a bunch of like longer pairs of shorts so i can sit comfortably on it 
because and um, now I just look like a silly fool walking around my apartment in my long baggy shorts. I always wear yoga pants. I do not do shorts. Ew, I don't like to wear pants at, in the house if I don't yeah. have to. And shorts are yeah. the the smallest s- version of pants <laughs> that aren't that are aren't underpants. I very much like my yoga pants. They are clutch. Fair enough. All right, cool deal. Well, thank you, everyone, for listening. Episode 95. Um, Hope you've enjoyed. Spread the news. Give us a five-star review, et cetera, et cetera. Huzzah. If you want to get in touch with us, you can interact with us on Twitter and Instagram at ForceToastPod. You can follow Alice at Slaya all day and you can follow me at shut up underscore laura you can also email our show at forcedhostpod at gmail.com and subscribe to our show on all major podcast platforms including google podcast spotify amazon pocket cast podcast addict podbean iHeartRadio. there's a full list on our website find that at forcedhostpod.com guess the emotion pedro <laughs> tim curry nice the lesser hemsworth mm. the one nobody likes anymore because he cheated on Miley Cyrus. Uh, who cares? My friend's divorcing her husband again. I'm super pumped about that. Love that for her. Love it. No. And then he's like, and you'll never guess. Guess this. I found out what comes out of a fire hose. It's not fire. <laughs> you'll never believe what it is. <laughs> How old are they supposed to be? Okay. Have fun at your NASCAR party. Hell yeah. It's not NASCAR. It's European and classy. Okay. Okay.